you know, you drive through the grocery store right now and only about half of those license plates have a steamboat on it, right? <laughs> and you, you try to buy a house and, you know, they're, they're gone, right? And that's happening in, you know, Casper, right? So you get to like the Sheridans and, you know, kind of the, the little more trendy places to live. I think it's even it's even worse. So there's a bunch of talent that, that are moving here just kind of organically. Um, and, and then I think on the flip side, there is the, you know, especially in the tech world, you know, it's gone. It's gone remote, right? And, and that, that seems to be the new normal and probably will be for a while. This is Found in the Rockies, a podcast about the startup ecosystem in the Rocky Mountain region, the founders, funders, and contributors, and the stories of what they're building. I'm Les Craig from Next Frontier Capital, and today we're headed back to Wyoming, the land of Steamboat, the Bucking Bronco. We have a unique opportunity today to talk with someone who has his foot on both sides of the aisle. He's both an entrepreneur and a two-time founder who has also founded Wyoming's first angel investment fund for early stage companies. Today we are welcoming Jared Stack, the founder of Breakthrough 307 and the founder and CEO of Casper-based Flow State Solutions. Hi, Jared. Thanks so much for joining us today. Wes, happy to be here. Excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, and, and I think uh, we've got a lot of fun, relevant topics to the Rockies to discuss with you. I mean, you're an investor, you're an entrepreneur, you're in Wyoming, so I'm excited to dive in. And why don't you, uh, to start off, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your background, where, where you grew up and, and kind of your story? Sure. Yeah, I was, I was actually born and raised in Wyoming. Um, I'm like a fourth, fifth generation Wyomingite, so there's not a lot of us uh, around, especially in the tech world, so kind of a unicorn in that respect. <laughs> What, what did they do four, four generations ago? What kind of tech were, were yeah. folks working on in Wyoming? Yeah, I, I think they were hoping to get their plows working. So. <laughs> awesome. They're, they're trying to stay warm in the winter. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then I'm also a multi-generational University of Wyoming graduate. So that's kind of a family tradition. Oh, very cool. So I went to the University of Wyoming, um, started my career in tech actually in Austin, right uh, in the first dot-com boom. Right. So I mm-hmm. lived through the dot com boom, dot com bust, you know, in the, in the early 2000s, um, spent some time there, uh, then tried to get tried to get back, uh, moved back to the Rockies into Colorado, actually had a little bit of a foray into working for uh, as a contractor for the military there for a while, which is an interesting conversation for a different podcast. <laughs> Um, oh, you're, you're, now you're just making me so interested and I want to go there. What, what part of Colorado? Where were you? Were you like in Colorado uh, Springs? Or? Lived in Boulder, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So I, I did the kind of the college, the college town hop from, from Laramie in Wyoming to Austin to Boulder, um, and then came back to Laramie, started my first tech startup, um, a company called Firehole Technologies, um, with some colleagues of mine from graduate school, actually, uh, at, at the University of Wyoming. Started that, built that up, uh, ran that for a while. Then we sold that company to Autodesk uh, right. back in 2013, which, wow, that's a long time ago. Doesn't seem like yesterday. Yeah. Um, so that was what kind was, of, oh, yeah, what go was ahead. Kind of the, yeah, what was, what was the, uh, what was kind of the inspiration or the, um, you know, kind of the, the source for, for Firehole in terms of the Yeah, so Firehole is actually a spin out of the university. So, oh, I so did not it was know technolo- technology um, around designing and simulating composite materials. So like carbon fiber, glass fiber, Kevlar, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. for decades, there's been a big composite research group at the engineering college there in Laramie at the University of Wyoming. And we took some of that little, that, some of that tech, spun it out, commercialized it, built some software products around, around that. So that's kind of why we were in Laramie. 
um, because we had that deep partnership with the with the university. So it was it was cool. cool. You know, we, you know had a yeah. It, it was a neat. It was a really really fun time. You know, the mid mid two thousand mid two thousands into the 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 teens there. Um, yeah, fun time to be in Laramie. You know, we were. You know, there's a handful of tech companies there, but we were able to get a lot of talent out of Laramie, which was really fun. And then, you know, we got acquired. So there was a bunch, you know, 20 of us Wyoming kids are like, now we're working for a San Francisco company, right? So for Autodesk, yeah. yeah. What was, tell us about that. What was that like? And, and what was it like kind of on the ground with, I mean, I'm sure that was probably one of the, one of the first kind of major tech acquisitions in that region, I would guess, right? Uh, I mean, there'd been a couple, but yeah, I mean, I think it, it was definitely one of the, one of the higher profile ones, which was neat, right? Um, yeah. uh, and then, yeah, there was definitely, I mean, not as much of a culture clash as you'd think of, but, you know, a bunch of Wyoming kids getting bought by a Silicon Valley company, right? Um, so, yeah. you know, we were doing a lot of planes in San Francisco and Portland and things like that. Uh, but but it was great, you know. Uh, at the time, we had a bunch of young, um, you know, a bunch of young engineers that had some upward mobility at a little startup like Firehole, right? But mm -hmm. but not, you know, I wasn't going anywhere. And Emmett, my co-founder partner, he wasn't going anywhere, right? So we were, you know, but... Then we get acquired by this huge, you know, Fortune what, 240 or whatever company. Yeah. Tons of opportunity, right? So, you know, some of our sales team got to go really grow on the sales org and some of our product team really got to go grow on the product org. I think, you know, I think most of us would look back at it that it was a great learning experience. You know, so I, I spent three years post-acquisition with Autodesk. Um, nice. R running product teams there, traveling a bunch. I think there was one year I was on the road 200 days. And so that, that's... Uh, but, but I mean, but it, you know, I, I got to see the world. I got to really learn what you know a big tech company looks like. Spent a bunch of time in Silicon Valley, so yeah. I mean, it was it was an experience I would, definitely wouldn't. How did learn. how did the yeah how did the how did the experience start for you as a founder in Wyoming? I mean, you mentioned you know commercializing this technology that came out of the university, but like, what did you what did you do to source capital? What did you do to you know to get this get the company get the product to market? Yeah, it was really guerrilla back then, right? You know, <laughs> as, you, as, you, as you can imagine, um, you know, I mean, I'm sure this will be a conversation we have here in a little while, but you know, capital was not near as easy to come by, even if you were in San Francisco, right? Uh, yeah. 50, you know, 10, 15 years ago, yeah. um, and you know, you're from you know the middle of this flyover state, the, the state that has, you know, one area code, right? People don't, people don't, uh, that's not exactly the kind of place that they were dumping venture capital. Um, mm -hmm. So we did a bunch of, you know, kind of the, and, and this is something people do today, but we did a bunch of federal, like the SBIR program, the Small Business mm -hmm. Innovative Research Program. I think, you know, we're pretty proud of that because a lot of those companies, I think it's changed a little bit recently, but a lot of those companies, they just, that's kind of all they did. They just kind of became SBIR they be, companies, right? They become yeah. eternal. Yeah. yeah eternal yeah. SBIR. SBIR mills, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but, but I think, you know, some of the government agencies have done a good job of, of kind of converting that and getting mm -hmm. some commercialization money. And that's what we got towards the, toward, before we got acquired, we got kind of those, like they call them SBIR phase threes or whatever. So we got some commercialization money to go out there. Um, and, and then we funded a lot of our, a lot of our development through stuff like that. Um, and then we, you know, before we got acquired, a few years before we got acquired, we landed Boeing as a customer, right? Oh, wow. So that, that, you know, not only from a revenue perspective, but there was a lot of credibility there. And, and, and that was when things kind of started to snowball. But we essentially bootstrapped it with, you know, maybe, you know, I can like a couple angel investors early. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, and we got lucky. I mean, I'll be the first person to admit that, right? So we, we kind of, we landed some customers, we landed some talent, you know, some stuff, stuff, stuff kind of fell into place for us. But Amazing. I mean, yeah, it's amazing. Back, I, you, you think about, you know, we think about that, like you said it earlier, it's not, it's not that long ago, but that, I mean, that's an eternity ago when it comes to just the state of venture in the country, especially 
in the Rockies. Right. I mean, even Boulder was kind of nascent at that time. Yeah, it, we right? did just, but you know, a year or so before we did get a little bit of venture funds from a company called Access Venture Partners. Oh yeah, sure. Down in Boulder. Down in Boulder. Um, We've right had them toward, on the show. Yeah. Oh, have you? Who do you have? Brian. Uh, so we had Brian. Brian Wallace. Yeah. yeah was on the show. Yeah. yeah. So so Brian was our investor. He was on our board when, uh, when we got acquired. So yeah. And you know Brian, he's a Wyoming kid too. He's from Cheyenne. Yeah. So yeah. I, and I think and, that's and Frank Mendocino as well. He yep. Also yeah. Yeah. So I mean I, I think you know which I think if you ask Brian and Frank right now they'd be like yeah we invested in those firehole guys mainly because they were you know we kind of had a little Wyoming heartstrings right we, we like the deal and all that kind of stuff but um, so yeah I mean I think we were probably like the one of the first five or six companies in Wyoming to take venture money right um, even that's though it was a tiny cool. a tiny little thing. Um, and they had some Wyoming ties, which, which totally, which totally, you know, yeah. that's how we, we got the door opened. And there's a, you know, at the time you could probably count, you could count on one hand of the venture funds in the whole, in the, in the time zone. Right. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> exactly. Now there's hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's, it's fascinating. I'd be curious to get your perspective. We've talked about this on the show before, but the, this corridor, you know, when people think tech in the Rockies, typically, you know, the head goes to Boulder and Denver, yeah. um, so in Salt Lake, yeah, yep. as well. But I, I, uh, I've been fascinated about this corridor from Colorado that it really connects all the way up to to Laramie and to to uh, Cheyenne, right? I mean, it's not that far away from this established ecosystem. No, and it's and, and you know it's getting even tighter. I think part of that, you know, not, not this totally is is way out over my skis here, but I have a friend who's a real estate agent in. Denver, and he'll tell people right now, like if you're looking for a house, start driving north till you can afford one, and you might get to Cheyenne. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, but you just so, blow right past Fort Collins. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's almost be, becoming like the northernmost part of the of the metro mm -hmm. area, right? Mm -hmm. um, Cheyenne, Laramie is you know Laramie's got the college town going for it too, which sure. always has some tech to it. You know, has a little bit of a different vibe with more younger people and, and, and that kind of stuff. Right. And, and, and it, yep. it kind of keeps going. Right. You know, so, you know, I, I live in Casper now, which is right in the middle of the, of the square. Um, and there's, you know, we have like tech meetups and stuff now here. Right. Yeah. Which, which isn't something, you know, the tech, you just, the tech meetup used to be like me and two people, right. You know, in the, <laughs> in the, in the back booth at the bar. Right. So yeah, yeah. yeah it's starting, it, yeah, it's starting, it's starting to get a little bit, but yeah, that, you know, that, that kind of ecosystem, whatever you want to call it of the Denver metro area is definitely growing, you know, and, and, and for a lot of reasons, people are, you know, are, are trying to get a little farther North. I think, I think you're seeing it in Colorado Springs and stuff too, The people are, it's, yep. it's growing, it's growing, growing South, south. So, going both, yeah. both directions. Yep. Yeah. Cool. I, I, I definitely want to get back to talk about Casper later sure. on in the yeah, episode, well, yeah. but, we'll, but we'll get first, there yeah, but first, um, so take us from, you, you told us it was really gorilla. I love, I love that. <laughs> to an exit to, you know, working, working for, uh, the, the big company and, and then what? And then yeah. What? So, so, um, so I worked for Autos for three years and, you know, I think of the staff that, you know, the, the, one of the reasons that Autodesk was a great exit for us is they took all of our staff, right. Like, mm -hmm. and they took care of them. I think they all probably got a raise or whatever, right. Cause they're working for a big company now and, and, and gave them all a bunch of opportunity. And, you know, I think the majority of them are probably left by now. Well, I know, you know, some of them have left and started their own companies, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, then, so, so I left there kind of tried to, I, I took what I call the summer of Jared. <laughs> um, to, to I want to know what you did in the what, summer of Jared. Yeah. What does Jared like to get into? Yeah. yeah it's, um, uh, so I, I've got a family cabin on a lake here in Wyoming. So I did a lot of wake surfing, wake surfing was kind of what I got, got really into. Did a lot of, did a lot of fishing, 
went into the fall where I'd kind of do some hunting and stuff like that. Kind of loved everything that, you know, I didn't get to do because I was traveling for Autodesk for, for three or four years. Um, then, uh, then after that, um, I hooked up with a guy named Charles Walsh, who, uh, also lives here in Casper with me. And he, uh, he kind of, he's a little older than me. He had a couple of tech startups back in Ohio and mm-hmm. then tried to kind of pseudo retire back, back to Wyoming. And, and it didn't mm-hmm. stick for him either. Uh, and, uh, and he was involved in two angel funds, um, um, and he was one of the founders of the Ohio Tech Angel Fund, which is kind of one of the bigger, the, the first big angel funds in the country. Um, so we went and had a coffee and he's like, Jared, I think we need to do this in Wyoming. Um, and so, so that kind of became my next thing was we started this thing called Breakthrough 307. Um, Speaking yeah. of the area code of Wyoming, yes. there's, there it is, there's, right? There's one area code. So we've kind of embraced that. You'll, you'll see that all over the, over the place, that that is kind of what, <laughs> what the entire state have embraced. We, we have the little bucking horse logo that everyone, that, that you can't miss. Love um, it. It's yeah. on everything from our, you know, our one university's football helmets to our license plates. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then we've Dude, also- By the way, what's the origin of that? Do you know, or yeah. I've always been curious. Yeah, they're, they're, so they're, and I, I'm sure there's some guy down in, at the history museum in Cheyenne that'll listen to this and be, and I'll get an email tomorrow. You're completely wrong, Jared. Right? Um, but, but I, I think the, the cliff notes version is there was like a, a bucking horse, like a rodeo bucking horse. His name was steamboat was steamboat. Um, and I think he was, he was like impossible to ride. And, and someone took like a photo of it or a drawing of it or something like that. And that kind of looks like that little bucking horse and rider logo. Wow. So that's based on a real, yeah. I mean, it looks almost like it's so ridiculously contorted. It looks like a cartoon. Yeah. Like the, 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 the epitome of riding a bucking Bronco is like that Wyoming. That Wyoming logo. logo. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll hear Wyoming. That's called steamboat because that's kind of what we call it because okay. it's named after the horse. Yeah. And, and now like, I think it's like a registered trademark of the state. Mm-hmm. So you have I was, it's, it was funny. I, I got a, my kids and I skied at Grand Targhee for spring break this year and I got a Targhee hat and it's yeah. on that even. Yep. It's, it's on that hat. I'm like, right. they just put this on everything. It's on everything. And Targhee's in Idaho. <laughs> I know, I know. You like just barely crossed the border into right. Wyoming. Oh, put the logo on it. Yep. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, so, yeah, you, so got the, you got the bucking. So, bucking so we were trying to name our, name our fund something Wyoming-ish, right? I see. So yep. we, we named it Breakthrough 307. Um, and we were, I think maybe kind of still to this day, we're the first organized angel fund in Wyoming. Uh, and, and our, and our goal was going back to my kind of firehole days was really hard. It's really hard to get money. Right. Mm-hmm. But what there is interestingly in Wyoming is there's a lot of money, right? Right. Now, now it's, and there's actually a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, now they're entrepreneurial in oil and gas and ranching and stuff like that. Right. But they're risk takers. Mm-hmm. By, by nature, right? I mean, I've never, you know, my new company, Flow State, will probably get into that, but, you know, it's selling into oil and gas companies. Man, these guys mm-hmm. are risk takers. I thought the guys in Silicon Valley were. Absolutely not. It's right. part of, I would say it's part of the ethos, right? In, in Wyoming. Totally. I mean, you see, it's, I would say, left, maybe you see it in Montana as well, but it's like, you're a risk taker even just to live in places like this, well, right? Because yeah. the weather, you're at the mercy of the weather, the mountains, the. Yeah. You know, a, a, a lot of that's getting better. But uh, yeah, when, sure. my, when my parents grew up here, it was worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's my next brand is global warming, bad for earth, good for Wyoming. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, so this, this ethos, this risk taker, this, yeah. it was kind of just natural for there to be an angel right. fund. So, right? so, so Charles and I went out and we, we, we thought it would take us like a few, you know, three or four months to get enough investors to, to be able to put together a small angel fund. It took us like three weeks. 
uh, and uh, so we put that together. Um, that would have been like in 2017 or so, and mm-hmm. then started doing small little investments. And it's and it's a, the the way we formed the fund is really neat. And and I got to kind of give Charles props for this because I think it's how he did it in Ohio too. But so it's completely member managed. So okay. when we have pitches, everybody shows up. We all vote. We all do diligence. Um, we've got, you know, now we have like one little kind of, you know, young kid out of NBA, a couple years out of NBA school that kind of just manages everything for us and runs the paperwork yep. and all that kind of stuff. But, but great it, opportunity it, for him. I'm sure it's great to yeah. learn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's not like we've got a GPLP kind of structure, right? right. Um, w- w- which is great, but it, it, it takes a certain kind of person to, to, to want to want to be doing that, want to do diligence teams and want to do all that. A lot of work. Yep. Yeah. And the other thing that we really like about it is it's a fund and not a group. Like there's a bunch of angel groups out there. Right? Kind, of, kind of country clubs without golf courses. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and people like to kind of be in the room, but uh-huh. but, but it, it might not, you know, doesn't really lead to a lot of investments. Mm-hmm. Um, what's nice about us is all of the investors, like we've kind of already mentally written our check. We just got to pick who we're going to, who we're going to invest in. Right. I see. So, so there's a little more um, accountability there. And, and, you know, there, there's, there's a lot, you know, kind of forces us to have, we're going to find deals. Because because we're yeah. all we're all wanting to do it, um, yeah. So we, we started that um, back in twenty in twenty late 2016, 20, 2017. Um, and you know and that's only you know five years ago or so. But the deal flow then was nothing like it is now, mm-hmm. um, right? So we had to kind of struggle to find you know to find some deals. Um, we went out of the state a little bit, you know. So we I see. Did, you know like our first deal was actually in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, we've 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 started. And much more in the in recent years, we've partnered with the guys up in Rapid City, the Black Hills Angels. Sure. Yep. Um, and Rapid, so most of our investors here in Brickler Seven are in Casper. We do have some kind of around the state, but that's where most of us are. And Casper and Rapid City are kind of both side, similar sized communities. We kind of get so being able to share deal flow is great because at the early days, we were worried that our investors would get bored. Right. Yeah. Right. Or, or we show or we show a bunch of crappy deals. Like, yeah, sorry, we don't want a t-shirt shop in Pinedale. Right. So, um, <laughs> so, so, so we we were trying to just get deals to get our investors educated and, and get there. So that's why we had to say a little bit. Um, and, and and I don't I think you know so part of it's just our timing, but but maybe we had a little bit to do of it too. So you know mm-hmm. we we deployed um, you know about a dozen deals in our first fund. We launched our second fund last year. Um, or late 20, early, early 21, we lost our second fund and we're starting to get Wyoming deal flows, right? Um, Amazing. Which is cool. So so where we really see our, um, you know, and we kind of maybe struggle a little bit in the early days to find this, but where even today, um, and we'll talk about, you know, kind of the changing funding environment that we're all seeing, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, people want a lead investor, right? And if you're, if you're a company, you know, in the middle of, you know, middle of Wyoming, you know, it, it, we are really kind of well equipped to be the lead investor for, right. for, for, for a little, for a little Wyoming company that's trying to, you know, company out of Casper or Laramie or whatever that are, that, that's trying to go raise money. Um, and there's a relationship get, that you can, you have, there's trust there, right? Your boots on the ground, you're, yep. you can show up to the board meetings in person. I, I totally get it. Yep, yeah. Yeah. All, all, all of that. Um, and you know, there, there's kind of a handshake deal among the angel funds around that, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, you, Guys, you guys lead the Wyoming deals. We'll lead the South Dakota deals, and we'll lead the Montana deals, and and, and we'll probably come syndicate it with you when we need some more money for to fill around. But yep. but and that, that's kind of how the that's kind of the handshake deal among the angel funds, right? Sure. Um, and those are all you know. These are almost entirely our deals are were the first first institutional money 
Mm-hmm. And for the people listening, you can't see my air quotes, but you know, we're not <laughs> as institutional as, as most others. Um, but uh, you know, maybe there's a friends and family round or something like that beforehand. But you know, sure. And I've I've kind of given up naming rounds anymore because I think the names are all dumb because they, yeah, don't, I agree. Mean, they don't mean anything anymore. But you know, I, I guess agree with you. We would call them like pre-seed or seed or something like that. But first money, right? Yeah. You know, and, and our deals, you know under a million bucks, right? You know, I mm-hmm. think our average deal size is probably half a million, something like that, where maybe we're in for half or so. And then we, we syndicate that out. Um, there's a handful of our investors that like to do what we call sidecars in the world. Right. So like, yep. you know, maybe the fund will come in for some. And then if it's a, if it's a tech deal that I'm interested in, I'll, I'll come in as a side deal, sidecar. If it's a medical device deal, then the doctors come in as a sidecar if, if it's one they like more. So we're able yep. to fill a chunk of a round. Um, and then, you know, go out to some of our friends and, and try to, try to finish those up. So it's, it's such a, it's such a critical and, and important stage to, to, you know, to, to get, get these companies capital sufficiently capitalized. What are you finding Jared in terms of, um, aside from the money, what are, what are the entrepreneurs needing at this stage, specifically the ones in Wyoming that you're working with? What do they need besides the check? Sure. There's a handful of things and some things we can help them with in a fund and some things we don't, you know, and there's, mm-hmm. you know, as we talk, kind of talk about the ecosystem, it's, it's getting better. Right. So like, mm-hmm. you know, the university of Wyoming has an organization, they call it impact 307, which is kind of like their incubator. So there's some relationships there. There's a, you know, generator has their program. They call it G beta, you know, generator yep. generators, a nationwide accelerator. They have, we've had Bailey. You know, Bailey and her organization, you know, has, has done a great job of getting, you know, just kind of like those resources for, you know, before us, right. You know, you know, how, how do you get someone out of their garage, to a point that they have some sort of proof of concept, something where they could come to us and be like, okay, now it's time to try to start scaling. So there's a, a decent amount of resources there. You know, one of the gaps we have, and it's maybe getting a little better, but you know, we, we don't have good service providers, right? Like when someone comes to me and be like, hey, we're trying to raise a deal, you know, like a good startup lawyer. And I'm like, well, I know a couple and one of them happens to be the, <laughs> one of them happens to be the lawyer for the fund, right? So Right, um, yeah. So it's you know, tricky. An accountants and you know, marketers and stuff like that, you know, th- there's not a lot of those kind of service providers. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we're getting, we're getting better and we're able to connect some dots to, to some folks there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, especially now, you know, talent is just hard. Now, I, I could talk to somebody, in San, one of my buddies in San Francisco, he'll tell me talent's hard, right? I could talk to him. You know, I used to be on the board of a company in Munich, he'll tell me talent's hard, right? So that's, <laughs> that, that, that's you know, that's a thing now. Um, yeah. And, and, hard is everywhere. It's just different gradients yeah. and levels. Yeah. And, and I think for some instances, it might be even getting a little better in some in a place like Wyoming or, or Montana where you're at. Well, that's what, that's what I was wondering. I, you know, I think one of the interesting phenomena we're seeing in Montana is there's been a lot of people that have moved here during COVID that are bringing their work with them from yep. remote companies, you know, everything from uh, DBT Labs, to Airbnb to, I mean, you, you name it, Stripe. Um, so we're seeing some really unique people come here to work and bring in their work. And I think it's only a matter of time before they start working for some of our Montana companies. But also, um, what about the prospect of hiring outside of Wyoming? If people are already comfortable in Austin or, or Salt Lake City, like are, are you seeing success there with companies recruiting remote talent yeah. and managing it from Wyoming? So, so I think there was two questions in there. Um, and, and I'll piggyback on what you're saying about people just moving here, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's probably even probably even worse up in Bozeman, but you know, you drive through the grocery store right now and 
only about half of those license plates have steamboat on it, right? <laughs> and you, you try to buy a house and, you know, they're, they're gone, right? And that's happening in, you know, Casper, right? So you get to like the Sheridans and, you know, kind of the, the little more trendy places to live. I think it's even, it's even worse. So there's a bunch of talent that, that are moving here just kind of organically. Um, and, and then I think on the flip side, there is the, you know, especially in the tech world, you know, it's gone, it's gone remote, right? And, and that, that seems to be the new normal and probably will be for a while. I think that's both good and bad for our little Wyoming-based companies. Um, mm -hmm. One of them is it's gone remote and Silicon Valley's gone remote too, right? So you're competing with everybody for talent. Yeah, right? that's um, right. And, and you don't really get to the, hey, you know, hey, there's no income tax in Wyoming, right? So, you know, that's, that's a 5% that's that's raise for you. Um, well, they still want to live in California, or they want to live in Austin, right, or something like that. So, so, so some of that's a little bit, a little bit broken. But it does, yeah. You know, you know I, I, I think you know, COVID has probably accelerated that remoteness. You know, in two years, it accelerated ten or twelve, right? And right. I think that there's some generational things as well that the guys your age and younger are are, are looking for for a different thing in life, which is I think probably positive for the Rocky mm -hmm. in, in in net is positive for the Rocky Mountains um, because we've kind of got that quality of life aspect that, that the next generation is looking for. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I answered your question, but yeah, I, think no, that, I, I think there's both of that. Yeah. Cool. What, uh, what about follow on funding for Wyoming companies, especially like companies that impact or that, uh, breakthrough 307 has gotten behind. Yeah. Um, so, has that, how has that been? So four or five years ago, it was a super struggle, right? So, so we have, essentially zero venture firms that are, that have an office in Wyoming. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and you know, there's some, there's some like yourselves up in Montana. Um, there's, you know, maybe a couple of little ones over in South Dakota. There's, you know, a good handful of them in Colorado now. Um, mm -hmm. and some, and some over in Utah, but you know, getting fallen funding was really hard, like really, really hard for, for, uh, for our companies five, six years ago. So one of our first invest investments was a company called language IO. Mm -hmm. and they're at a Cheyenne, cool, cool company. The the reader, the listener should go should go Google them. They do translation software, um, and we tried to raise a following round for them three or four years three four years ago. And it was really hard, like really hard. Mm -hmm. um, and now I think we're, you know, COVID kind of changed that too, right? So we're two rounds two rounds later for that company. They're still headquartered in Cheyenne, but mm -hmm. almost all of the last two rounds have come from the coast, right? So, yep. you know, the, 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 the venture funds are looking for deals and they kind of don't care where they're at anymore. You know, I mean, the, the, right. some of them still kind of do, but the fact that, you know, back in my firehole days, like the first thing I had to say to someone when I was raising money was, yeah, we're in Wyoming and this is why it's okay. Right. And yep. if you talk to Heather, who's a, C who's a CEO of Language IO, doesn't even come up. Right. right. Yeah, like like yep. you, you, you're, just some, you're somewhere, right. And your company's remote and it, it doesn't matter. So. Yeah, I think that's changed a lot in the, in the last couple in the last couple of years for, for, for the better for the better for a company that's that's uh, that's headquartered here. Yeah, that's great to hear. And and I you know one thing I've noticed as you know I've been spending past year or so I've been taking a couple trips uh, to to Wyoming and I've been really impressed by the quality of founders, the quality of you know you know the ideas and and the and the progress um, and. I mean, definitely. I mean, Heather's a great Heather's a great example of a company that, um, you know, should if 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 she were that company was on the coast, like no questions asked. Um, yeah. But but it's good to see that relief valve is starting to break. And I think what I've noticed is a lot of the companies are 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 we're watching very closely are starting to get that sort of progress where they're ready. 
they're ready for uh, you know Series A and beyond. And and I yep. think that that trend will only continue. I agree with you. I think it'll only continue to accelerate for, yep. for Wyoming. I, mean, I think we still got work to do on the getting them there. Mm-hmm. So sure. if you, you know, if you would ask me three years ago, what, what was my big concern for the you know the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Wyoming? It was that follow-on money. I was like, we've got companies that get to that point, and then they got to move or or that we can't fund them, or they just kind of fizzle out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing seeing now that I think if we can get them there, I'm more comfortable with our ability to be able to go get following money for them. Mm-hmm. Now we got to figure out how to get more of them there. For sure. So from Breakthrough 307, then uh, you you know got that up and running, amazing. You know, raising the the, the second fund, uh, great progress. But you just well in somewhat recent history, dove into something completely new yourself as yeah, a founder. I mean, that definitely wasn't a full-time job. Uh, and yeah. uh, I, I guess I just kind of had the itch and had the, had an opportunity to come around, which is this new company of mine called Flow State. Um, and yeah. I, call, I call it new, but it's not that new. Um, yeah. I mean, it, we, we founded it basically right before COVID, right? So right. so early 2020. Best time um, ever to found a company. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about yeah. Tell us about Flow State some more. So, so, so this is a really interesting company. That, that, that is, it's, it's kind of a good Wyoming company, right? So um, we're using uh, machine learning, artificial intelligence to uh, detect leaks in oil, gas, water pipelines, right? So... Um, it's 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 using really kind of cutting edge technology. So we were partnered with like IBM's Watson Group and NVIDIA and Microsoft and stuff like that to 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 take in you know all of this what we call it now Internet of Things or IoT data, right? It used to just kind of be called data um, that, that that's coming from all these devices that run an oil pipeline, for example. Then we we can you know use machine learning to determine the health of that pipeline. Um, so it's a kind of a, a cool you know old world industrial technology with new world. You know, uh, machine learning technology, and it's very Wyoming too, right? Because sure. you know, this is a this is an oil and gas state, um, yeah. and, and that was one of the reasons that um, that, uh, that that I really kind of dove head first into this. And and Angie, my co-founder, I kind of talked her into it as well, who was one of my employees at Flow State. Um, was let's go prove that we can do a tech company in the middle of Wyoming, right? Awesome. Um, and and that's changed a little bit to us because you know COVID got people remote. And, and so a handful of our staff now is definitely, is definitely remote, but, you know, mm-hmm. we, we thought it was a really cool problem, you know, using, you know, AI machine learning to solve a legitimate industrial problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously it's the kind of, kind of thing that we thought we could, let's go build, grow, scale a tech company in the middle of Wyoming. So that's yeah. been half of, half of the fun thing to, awesome. to, to do it as well. And, and so far it's been pretty successful. So what uh, what have you have you raised any uh, any equity capital yet for Flow State or have you been bootstrapping thus far? What's been the strategy? Yeah, so so we actually spun this technology out of a pipeline company. Ah, yeah, so um, so it was like an internal research and development project project in a little pipeline company, not a little, a big pipeline company based here in based here in Casper. So we spun it out, um, and to date, we have kind of bootstrapped it with our partners like like that pipeline company. So we have not had to raise. Well, we've raised company, but it's kind of it raised capital, but it's kind of been internal. So I see. What's the uh, what's kind of the plans? Any any exciting news to share for kind of twenty twenty two and beyond for yeah. Flow State? So, so you know, I mean, obviously, you know, the pandemic was it was bad for mo- <laughs> it was bad for, it was bad for the world, um, but yeah. t- but timing wise, it wasn't that bad for us because we were really able to put our heads down and build tech right um, mm-hmm. while the whole you know industry in the world was kind of going on around us. Um, and, uh, and now that it seems like, you know, knock on wood, we're kind of coming out maybe the back end of this, you know, we're basically our theme, the theme for that company for Flow State in 2022 is go to, go to market, 
right? So we're right now, you know, we're engaging uh, marketing. We're trying to hire some, you know, build a sales force. If you know any, any SaaS salespeople that are interested in, interested in the job. Um, so that's kind of, you know, it's going to a fun time right now. We've got, you know, you can count on one hand, the number, our number of paying customers, that, but it's not zero. Um, and that's kind of going to be where we're, where we're headed towards, you know, towards the, the middle back half of this year is starting to scale the sales side of it. So very, very fun to watch uh, yeah. for sure. For sure, Jared. Yeah, cool. What about uh, Wyoming kind of on the whole? Any uh, any thoughts, uh, predictions, what's in store? I mean, you're obviously long on Wyoming and I. I yeah, I, 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 I am bullish on on Wyoming for, for, a, for a handful of reasons. You know, I mean, we, we have, you know, we have this little techno monthly technology meetup here in Casper um, that, you know, we started, I guess, might have been last summer. Um, and there was kind of, you know, maybe 10 or 15 people there and we just kind of like organically tried to advertise it on Facebook and, you know, now there's 50 people there. Right. Mm -hmm. And we get, you know, you, you, you walk around the corner and some guys are working remotely for Instacart. Right. And, and, and he decided, decided, decided to move his family here. Um, you know, one of my other little side gigs, I have a co-working space in Laramie. Um, and we're basically full. Um, really? And, and it's, it's the same kind of, you know, it's the same theme that, that you know, when people have decided they can. They can work for from wherever they want. You know, there's a lot of people that, are, that want to get out of the cities and and experience the outdoors and have places with you know great public schools and and stuff like that. You know, and we have a lot of that. Um, so I, mean, I, I think you know, I am very bullish on Wyoming from the kind of the quality of life aspect that it has way more. I mean, no no huge difference than Montana either, mm -hmm. um, where there's just a lot of people that's what they want to do and and, and this and this is, this is where they can live. Um, and then, you know, from an entrepreneur standpoint, there is just some changing environments underneath that are all mostly positive mm -hmm. for Wyoming. You know, the ability to get capital has changed. You know, there, there, there has been some successes around here, right? So the ability to get some mentors and some board members and some stuff like that um, ha has changed as well. And then there's some resources that, you know, the, the state has, has invested in either through the university or through some other aspects and stuff like that to be able to use, you know, some of the muscle the state has. And, sure. I think, and, and you know, the, the, our state from a revenue perspective, being kind of a fossil fuel state there, they got some stuff to reboot, but thankfully they have this huge sovereign wealth fund. <laughs> right. Um, so, so, Big rainy you know, day fund. Yeah. yeah so, so they're able to fund the schools and they're able to fund the right. universities and they're able to fund the roads and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, so we have kind of that, that basic infrastructure that people expect as well. So. It seems, I mean, there's so many benefits, just obviously the tax climate. It seems like the legislators, I mean, they seem to be very forward leaning on, yeah. on, um, you know, just, just trying to pioneer, you know, some of the new legislation that's come out with regards to, to DAOs and other, um, yeah, I, I, you know, cancer court. I think that's a really good, a really good example. And a few years, you know, a few years ago, I was involved in a group called Endow, um, which mm -hmm. was kind of like a think tank, essentially that the previous governor put together of, Hey, you guys, let's put some smart wiring people in a room and figure out where we need to go um, as a state. And, and and that was some of the stuff that came out of it. You know, like the Chantry Court was was a good example of one of our uh, one of our uh, initiatives. And and then, you know, we didn't really start it. There was another kind of group uh, on the whole blockchain thing where, where the state just decided, hey, there's going to be this, you know, there's kind of this nascent tech industry and mm -hmm. it needs some regulatory clarity. And hey, that's something we can do in Wyoming, right? So, you know, the, one of the one of the things that, that, you know, when I go talk to my friends at in Silicon Valley that they don't really appreciate is like, Hey, do we need to get a law changed? Done. 
right? I mean, yeah. I don't want to say done, but that's a thing you can no. do here, right? Right. Like, like, hey, if it makes sense and, and 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 there's an industry that needs some help, like we can go down to Cheyenne and and you know people are you can have a conversation with like, somebody hey, face to yeah. face, and it's yeah. not like you got to go hire a million dollar lobbyist, right? Exactly. Um, and if, and if I need to get Senator Enzi or Representative Cheney on the phone, you can kind of do that here, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> They're on speed that, dial. You just yeah, call. Yeah, yeah it's not quite them. like that, but like I mean, no, I know, <laughs> but yeah. but it's close. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so, so that is, you know, a unique, you know, we used to joke that, you know, there's no reason that Wyoming can't be like the venture capitalist of states, right? So, hey, <laughs> you know, if there's something we need to get, if there's some industry we need to go invest in and we need to get some regulation around it or something like that, let's go do it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, I think, something unique. And you, you've seen that with that, what Caitlin Long and, and kind mm-hmm. of the people that she's been working with um, to, to go push all these kind of, you know, blockchain, crypto friendly stuff that, that you're, you're really seeing. Our, our ability to do that, which is fun. For right? sure. That's really fun. Uh, Jared, for our listeners that are excited, and we've, we've, I think this is the third uh, sort of Wyoming person that we've featured on the show. And so I'm hoping we're continuing to build interest for folks that are, you know, thinking about investing there, thinking about starting a company there. Where, but where should, give us your perspective, where should people think about checking out if they are interested? Like, where are the centers of activity in the state for? tech in particular. Sure. So you, you, like, like you, you mentioned, you know, that there's kind of that, that Southeast corner, like the, the Laramie Cheyenne kind of corridor, mm-hmm. um, you know, Laramie's got the university, Cheyenne's kind of got that n- northernmost uh, section on uh, of the, of the metro area. Um, they've got the state capital, there's stuff like that. You know, there's a bunch of data centers in Cheyenne, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the intersection of I-25 and I-80. So there's a bunch of high-speed fiber that goes coast to coast there. So like Microsoft got a data center there. Google's got a data center there. Right. So there's some, some, some infrastructure there. Like that's definitely a place. And that's where Bailey and G beta is based, although they're, they're kind of statewide. Um, mm-hmm. So you can see some really interesting stuff going on there. Um, I think there's some interesting stuff going on in the Jackson, Jackson hole area. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Jackson has its own unique challenges. Like I think it's the richest per capita County in the world or in the country. Right. So, um, you know, there's some really smart people there. There's some, there's some funding there. Um, scaling a company there's pretty hard. Right. Right. So, so trying to house it, but there's some interesting things, stuff going on there. And then the center part of the state. So Casper, where I'm at, Sheridan's a couple hours north of there, which is mm-hmm. kind of a cool little community as well. There's some, some active activity going there as well. Um, but kind of the beauty of Wyoming is there's little pockets everywhere. Right. So yeah. one of the, one of the companies we're looking to invest in right now is in Sundance, which is over on their South Dakota border. Right. Oh, wow. Um, and, and so there's, there's stuff, stuff kind of everywhere. But if I, if I kind of had to pick three cop, three pockets, there'd be kind of the, it's it's really the population centers, um, but there's also some other reasons that the kind of Casper Sheridan areas, the Southeast Corridor. Awesome, Jackson. Jared, is is there any anything else uh, you want to kind of leave our listeners with today? Uh, either advice advice for you know aspiring entrepreneurs in the Rockies, or advice for Wyoming founders. Anything to leave leave the audience with? Today? Yeah, you know, one of the things that you know you hear a lot is like, hey, if you think you're going to go start a company, just do it. That's not a problem we have in Wyoming, which is awesome. Right. You know, um, this is a very entrepreneurial place. Right. I think you get that in Montana, too. Um, but th- the other thing that's awesome about, uh, about being a founder or being an entrepreneur in Wyoming is just kind of that Wyoming network. Um, you know, it's not that big of a place. Right. So you're two degrees of freedom away from just about anybody. Um, and people here, I, mean, I think that this is pretty true across the Rockies. They're really happy to help. Right. So I get, you know, a phone call a week. Hey, this founder needs a has a question, whatever you know, and and that's not not something I think you'd get in California or on the East Coast, right? So you know, it, it, the same reason that people moved here ten years ago, it's really for the people, 
right? And I think we we get to pivot that and have that same kind of benefit of the the great people that are either here or are deciding to move here. Um, that are, that it's going to be you know the kind of secret sauce of entrepreneurs in the Rockies going forward. Yeah. Well, Jared, I, I really appreciate your time today on the show. I mean, it's as I've gotten to know you and have learned more and more about what you've done for entrepreneurs in Wyoming. I really respect and admire your path, your journey, true operator, true, true, uh, you know, true investor and, and really committed to the region. So thank you for, yep. for all you're doing. Happy to be here. Thanks for doing this too, as well. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners just uh, where they could find out about you and about Breakthrough 307? Sure. Breakthrough307.com. Um, you, you, you can find out everything about that. You can even apply for funding there. Um, so that's probably uh, of your uh, audience or if, if anybody's interested in oil, gas, water pipelines, you can go to flowstatesolutions.ai as well. So and find, find out about my current company. Awesome. Jared Stack from the Venture Capitalists of States, Wyoming. Thanks for being on the yeah, show. Great. Thanks, Wes. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Found in the Rockies. You can find links in the show notes or go to our podcast page at nextfrontiercapital.com to get links and contact information for today's guests. If you like what you heard and want more, please rate, review, and subscribe to get notified as our new episodes drop. We'll see you next time.